chapter 13. Uh, look at verse 1. We're going to jump through chapter 13 because uh, we want to get to the main story. It says this, And the children of Israel did evil. What's the next word? Again. Again. What does that tell you? Yes, they kind of keep making the same old mistakes over and over again. They keep going and following after other gods. They keep messing up all the time. And isn't that just like us? You know, we would like to think we learn from our mistakes. But how many of us have spent most of our lives and we're kind of, we find we're getting, we fall into the same old mistakes, the same old habits. And, uh, and that's the way we are. Because that's what people are like. And uh, it doesn't matter whether you're God's people or you're not. Uh, we are people and we fall into the same old habits and we get caught again. It says the children of Israel. So who are they? They are God's people. They are God's chosen people. It says and the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. Always know this. God sees everything that you do. Amen. Amen. Did evil again in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines for 40 years. What does that mean? Delivered them into the hand of the Philistines for 40 years. A um, bit different than the Egyptian uh, captivity where all the Israelites were slaves in Egypt where they kind of made bricks and they built buildings and all that kind of stuff for the Egyptians. Uh, when, the, when, the, when the Israelites were um, enslaved in a sense uh, by the Philistines here, they still lived in their own houses. They lived in their own lands but pretty much like See, when it was harvest time and stuff, they're, they're, the stuff that they reaped out of fields that would get taken away and stuff like that. So they kind of lived on a poverty level because the Philistines were over them. Um, and they were enslaved for 40 years. It's interesting that the Bible gives you time frames of stuff. Uh, 40 years is a long time to be a slave. Okay? Um, so every kid that's been born, that's, you know, uh, up to the age of 30 has been born in slavery and all these other kids that are grown up there are being born as slaves and being born as a slave and in captivity I'm sure does something to your mindset, does something to your head and uh, for these people um, they cry out to God because isn't that what we do when we're in trouble we cry out to God and we wonder why God hasn't answered and I'm sure they cried out in the first few years and Years go by and God hasn't answered. But God's going to answer. Amen. And he has a plan. And he has a purpose. And uh, if you look down, it tells you there was a certain man, verse 2. Uh, 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 there was a certain man of Zorah, of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and bare not. That tells you a lot of information that we're not going to look at. But it tells you um, who, the, who the guy is who his family is, basically where he's from, the tribe tells you about his wife, and his wife can't have kids, okay? Um, verse 3, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman, and said unto her, Behold, now thou art barren, and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive, and bear a son. That's kind of like the Christmas story, isn't it? Uh, so, well done, B. Uh, um, getting something Christmassy in this morning. Uh, so this woman can't have a baby, and she desperately wants to have a child and she can't have one. What do you think her prayers are? Yeah. Well, we know she's a godly woman. You're going to see that later on. Uh, and it says, uh, now therefore beware. What does that mean? Yeah. What kind of beware signs do we see in our communities? Oh, 
Sorry? I said cautious. Caution signs, okay. Do you ever go to houses beware of the dog? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I have two golden retrievers. <laughs> uh, if you tried to rob my house, they would help you carry the stuff out. They're that, they're that soft, okay? Um, but yeah, beware. So the angel tells this woman, you're gonna conceive and have a child, but beware, and he's about to give her a warning. I wonder if God's ever gave you a warning in your life. Beware, you need to watch what you're doing, you need to stop what you're saying. Sometimes stop what you're, what you're about to do, God warned us. It says now beware, I pray thee. It says this, drink not wine, nor strong drink, nor eat any unclean thing. So what's the warning? What's the warning? Just to follow the laws, the rules, God's rules. Just be holy and pure. Okay, yeah. And look after herself as well. That's, That's true, thing. yeah. Yeah. As a Jew, what would it mean to eat any unclean thing? I think the, the, some of the animals, uh, it's, it's, I think it's in Leviticus, when God told them some of the animals that don't defy. Yeah, absolutely, you're right. Anything with a split hoof they couldn't eat. They couldn't eat any birds of prey, any sca any scavengers they couldn't eat. So like they couldn't eat a vulture. They couldn't eat um bottom feeders from the sea, they could eat fish, but they couldn't eat ones that, that are bottom feeding fish. Uh, so those things that were unclean for them to eat. They couldn't eat, if you went driving down the road and you hit a deer, uh, you could eat the deer. But if you drove down the road and you saw a dead deer lying on the ground, you wouldn't go and eat the deer. Why? You didn't know how long it's there. You didn't know how it died. It could have died from disease. There were certain things that they weren't allowed to eat. They weren't allowed um, uh, Yeah, so that's the, they weren't allowed to do certain things. And they were, she was told not to drink wine nor strong drink. Okay? And it breaks down the two. And in the Bible, and it's not for today because it's a bigger, bigger study, but the Bible uses the word wine as a generic word, and it can mean grapes. It can mean like um, this uh, diluting juice that they had. It can mean um, it can mean uh, alcoholic wine. Um, when you use a strong drink, what's it talking about? It's always alcohol when you use a strong drink. But what type of alcohol? Whiskey, spirits, that kind of stuff, isn't it? Mm. No, it's not. I led you into one there, okay? Mm. It's not. The distillation process only got invented in like the 14th century. So we, when we hear strong drink, we think spirits, whiskey, vodka, that kind of stuff, you know? But when the Bible wrote strong drink, it's very different. Uh, it would be, it would still be wine, but it would be wine that's a bit stronger than they would drink on a day-to-day -day basis. Why would they have drank wine? Because the water wasn't pure. So it helped from a disease point of view. Um, so when you're looking at, at alcohol in the Bible, and it's not for now, it's it's a much different mindset than we have in our day and age, and it's it's worth studying out, okay? Um, so, okay, so this woman's going to have a child, and we're going to finish in chapter 13 on this verse. It says, uh, on verse 5, says, And lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and, and no razor shall come upon his head, for he shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, 
And he shall, what's the next word? Begin. You see, this is the prophecy. He's not going to deliver his people from the hand of the Philistines, but what's he going to do? He's going to start the process. He's going to start the process, but he's not going to achieve it. Out of the hand of the Philistines. Um, okay, skip over to the end of chapter 14, the start of chapter 14, and we'll get into the story. So the end of chapter uh, 14, uh, look at verse 24, And the woman bare a son and called his name Samson. That's where we get the word Samson. Um, and the child grew and the Lord blessed him so that tells you God was with Samson uh, and the spirit of the Lord began to move at times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Eshcol okay so God is beginning to be on the move we are in Judges chapter 14 at the beginning so does anybody want to read verse 1 and we'll start getting into the story so verse 1 of chapter 14 from and Samson went down to Timnath and saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Okay, so a lot in this verse as well. Uh, so Samson went down to Timnath, it tells you where he went, okay? Uh, he went down to Talat, okay? So he went down to uh, somewhere shady, okay? And, uh, and he saw a woman. You're going to find that Samson has a problem with his eyes. He has a problem with looking upon stuff and when he looks upon it, he wants it. And he sees this woman, he likes the look of her. And uh, who is she though? Where does she come from? And who are her people? She's a Philistine. Now, it wasn't the done thing that the uh, Jews married into the Philistines. Why not? Because they were pagans. Because they were pagans, they followed false gods. Their cultures were totally different. It was the law that they went and weren't meant to marry. Now, in our culture, uh, we have, uh, we used to have, it's not so much now, but there used to be um, a problem if you are Catholic and you married a Protestant or you or vice versa, okay? And uh, I have a next door neighbor up beside New Hope Residential Center, and um, uh, their parents, one was Catholic, one was Protestant, so their families gave them money to build a house in the middle of nowhere, which was actually in Tala back in the day, because Tala back in the day was the middle of nowhere, and they moved them out. Our sight, our mind, they got rid of them. So it was, there's certain things in culture that are not the done thing. But in this situation, it's even more than that. It's a religious thing where you're marrying somebody that, in a sense, serves a different God. And we know, we know uh, somebody that got in trouble with that, Solomon. Okay, so okay, somebody else read the next verse. And he came up and told his father and mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timna of the daughters of the Philistines. Now therefore, get her for me to wife. Get her for me to wife. He kind of sounds like a pirate when he says it, you know, uh, the way he says it. Um, so what does he do? He comes back to the man that, and this is what the done thing was. You would go and your parents then would go speak to the other parents. Um, but he tells his parents uh, who she is, what group she's from, and let's look at the response of his father, somebody else. Then his father and his mother said unto him, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren, or among all my people, that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said unto his father, Get her for me, for she pleaseth me well. For she pleaseth me well. Okay, say it like a part of it, it sounds great, okay? 
What do you learn about Samson and that verse? He's a bully, to be fair. Yes. Disrespected his parents, didn't take their advice, didn't take their counsel, didn't care about their God, didn't respect the customs of his people, didn't respect the law of God. Okay? Now, um, we, we learn all that in one verse about Samson. And as you go through, you're going to see that in Samson and see that lived out in his life. And ultimately, that's what's going to cost him. Okay? He was irrational. He, whatever he liked to look off, he went and took it. And, uh, you know, he made, he made uh, lots of mistakes. Um, but do you know God sometimes uses people that are like that? And we think God's only going to use the people that are like really prim and proper. They have the right haircut. They dress the right way. They're not in the Bible, by the way. The people that God normally uses are ragtag. They're different. They're outcasts in their community and their society. And God uses them. Now, does he leave them the way they are? No, he changes them. And you're going to see there's a change in Samson by the end of the story. If we ever get there. Because uh, I'm looking at the clock. But uh, let us look again. Next verse, somebody else. His father and his mother knew not that it was of the Lord that he sought an occasion against the Philistines. For at that time, the Philistines had dominion over Israel. So God was trying to pick a fight, wasn't he? God was trying to pick a fight. Does that mean that God changed the rule and God was okay with Samson marrying a Philistine? No, but he knew Samson was going to do it anyway, and he's going to use Samson's wrong, sinful choices to get God's will done in a sense. You know, when we're dealing with situations, we're normally dealing with one or two scenarios and situations. When God's dealing with the world, he has billions of things going on at the same time trying to bring about his plan. And Samson was part of that. Even though Samson doesn't realize he's part of it, God's going to use this situation in, in the life of Samson and God's people. Next verse. Then went Samson down and his father and his mother with him Timnah and came to the vineyard of Timnah and behold a young lion roared against him. Okay, a young lion. So is if you say a young lion, what it's talking about is it's a young male lion. Now I love nature programs, okay? And what happens when a young male lion gets to the place where he can breed uh, what happens to him? Starts to get a little bit of his mane. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. Well, what does his father do to him? Drives him out of the pride. Why does he drive him out? Competition. Yeah, doesn't want him breeding with the other, the other lionesses. Well, they're the most dangerous lions that there are because they're on their own. Who normally feeds the lions? The lionesses do all the hunting. Daddy just lies there waiting to be fed, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, that's what normally happens. So this lion now is always pride. He's wandering around. He's hungry. He's aggressive. And he is looking either to take, to kill another lion to take on a pride of his own. Uh, or if he doesn't, he's going to die. So basically, there are various options because they're not great at, at hunting themselves. Uh, that's why the lionesses do it. The lion himself is stronger, more powerful, but he's slower. Okay? Um, so here the, Samson and uh, Samson comes across a young lion that roars against them. What's the young lion want to do? Young lions want to eat him. Okay? Um, verse 6 says, And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, 
and he rent him as if he would rent a kid. So it's a kid goat. So he ripped him apart as if he was a kid goat. And he had nothing in his hand, but he told not his father or his mother what he had done. So he's on the way down to see this new wife or see this new woman that he's going to marry. This lion tries to attack him and he kills the lion with his bare hands. And you've probably seen pictures like that, haven't you? Samson killing the lion, ripping him apart. Uh, and Samson just leaves the carcass of the lion on the ground and he strolls off, probably feeling like a big shot. Next verse. And he went down and talked with the woman, and she pleased Samson well. Okay, that's an easy one. Went down to the woman, and she pleased him well. What does that mean? She's real good looking, she's all over Samson. Samson thinks he's, he's hot, he thinks he's great, and he, he's a. Uh, you know, he's full of himself, held Samson, which we'll see later on. Um, and after a time, uh, is that where we are? Verse 8. Uh, and after a time, he returned to take her, and he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. Uh, and behold, there was a swarm of bees and honey in the carcass of the lion. So a bunch of bees had moved in and torn the carcass of the lion. To keep, so they had shade inside the carcass of the lion. They had started a beehive. Okay, so that's what happened. And he took uh, thereof in his hand and went on eating. And he came to his father and his mother and he gave them and they did. He isn't that so generous of Samson. You know what? He goes to the carcass, he sees his bees, he sees his honeycomb, breaks a bit off for himself. He's chilling, walking down the road if he's in a Mars bar. And then uh, he brings them back for his man, dad, and he gives it to his man, dad. What a lovely little Christmas present, a little bit of. Uh, Manuka honey, okay, we call it Manuka. It's really expensive here. He's had to bring it back, right? Um, but maybe not so much. Always read the verse in context. Let's read the rest of the verse. But he told them not that he had taken the honey, uh, honey out of the carcass of the lion. Why is that a problem? It's a problem because he was commanded. Not because she's part of the commitment and not give the woman the he goes, absolutely, he goes back and he's eating out of a dead body. And he knew he told his parents where he got that honey. They were godly people that followed God's rules, followed God's laws. They would have never have eaten that honey. That's why he kept it a secret. So he not only defiles himself by what he's doing, who else does he defile by his choices? His parents. What does that tell you that he thinks about his parents really? Not much. Disrespectful, doesn't care. You know what? He's the only child in that home, and you know what? They've been pandering to him his whole life. They knew he was the boy that was prophesied over that God was going to use. So you could imagine as he's grown up, them telling everybody, Listen, God's going to use this little boy, he's going to be great, all that kind of stuff. And he starts to get real strong, and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and the thing is, he totally disrespects them doesn't care about their God, doesn't care how he affects their lives. He does his own thing and he doesn't think about anybody else. He is super selfish and only cares about how people see him and how he uh, has pleasure himself. You're gonna see that well. So, um, verse 10, so his father went down unto the woman uh, and Samson made there a feast so he used the young man to do so. So 
So basically, he goes down and he's with the Philistines and he's having this big feast, this big party for the wedding. And people would travel for a wedding back then. Nowadays, weddings are gone crazy. You have like two day, three day weddings and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, uh, back then you had to travel so people would stay a week and sometimes more for a wedding. And the young men are there. Who are the young men? The young men are the Philistine young men. So they be all the single men, okay? And it came to pass when they saw him that they brought uh, uh, 30 companions uh, to, be with, uh, to be with him, okay? So there's 30 of them now. Uh, and Samson said unto them, so this is where you see his pride, his arrogance. And he says, I'll put forth a riddle unto you. If you can certainly declare unto me and within the seven days and find out when I will give thee 30 sheets uh, and 30 changes of garments. So what's he going to do? He's going to give them 30 changes of clothes if they can tell him what the riddle is. And if not, they owe him 30 changes of clothes. Now, back in those days, there was no pennies. There was no guns. You couldn't just rock up and get some cheap clothes and, uh, and buy yourself something. Every single piece of uh, clothing back then were designer made, were tailor made for that person, were individually made. Nothing was mass produced at that point. So everything was expensive. People, do you remember a time, and if you're young, you won't remember a time, and I don't remember the time, to be honest, uh, where people had one pair of shoes for church, for Sunday, and then they had a pair of shoes for the rest of the week. That's the way it used to be, right? People only had very little. Well, that's the way it was back then. And uh, people had very little. And, uh, and Samson's saying, you know what? I'll give you all a change of clothes each if you could tell me what the riddle is. But he's so sure that nobody's going to find out that he makes this bet. And the thing is about Samson, he's gambling on money he doesn't have, isn't he? He doesn't have to order change his clothes. But he thinks nobody's, he thinks he's going to win. So let's read. Somebody else, the next verse. But if he cannot declare it to me, then shall you give me thirty sheets and thirty change of garments. And they said unto him, Put forth thy riddle, that we may hear it. Okay, so here he is. He's, uh, he's telling them there that he makes the, the gamble, and they're, they're saying, Yes, let's go. And in verse 14, he said unto them, Out of the eater came forth meat. And out the strong came forth sweetness, and they, they could not expound the riddle uh, in three days. They couldn't expound the riddle. So they couldn't figure it out. Sam's not given this riddle, nobody could figure it out. And it came to pass on the seventh day that they said unto Samson's wife, what's the next word? Entice. entice. What does that mean? What does it mean to entice? Get around them. Yeah, get around them, yeah. Trick them. Draw it out, manipulate him. He said unto Samson's wife, Entice thy husband that he may declare unto us the riddle. And you kind of see the type of friends that uh, the Philistines are, right? Least we born thee and thy father's house of fire. Have you called us to take all we have? Is it not so? So, what are they threatening Samson's new wife with? They're going to burn her and our father alive if she doesn't find out what the riddle is. They're, they're good friends. Listen, you gotta keep you gotta be careful with the company that you keep, okay? And uh, these, these aren't good company. <coughs> Somebody else, next verse. And Samson's wife uh, went before him and said, Brothers, your friend has taken another woman. Now, what 
Okay. So here we have Samson's wife, and what does she start doing? Oh, Samson, you don't love me. You won't tell me what it is. You won't tell me the, the bank account numbers. You won't tell me. <laughs> you won't tell me our pin. <laughs> and uh, she's crying. She's crying, Samson. And, uh, and he says, I haven't even told my own man, Dan. I'm hardly going to tell you. What kind of marriage is this? They're only married a week. It's not going so well, is it? Old Samson, if you're looking for relationship advice, don't go to Samson. Don't start reading the book of Judges, okay? You will not find good relationship advice from Samson. Verse 17 says, And she wept before him seven days while the feast lasted. And it came to pass on the seventh day that he told her, because she lay sore upon him, and she told a riddle unto the children of her people. You know what happens? When you stay around temptation, when you stay around pressure all the time, you don't get out of it. You're going to find that you give in. And that's what Samson done. She, she wore him down. You need to make sure you don't get worn down by the people around you. Verse 18, somebody. Well, this is a bit of a tasty verse, isn't it? <laughs> what Samson just called his wife? Yeah. A heifer. A heifer, okay. What's a heifer? A cow, okay? He says, you'd not play with my heifer, you wouldn't have found out my riddle, okay? Now, again, they're only married a week. It tells you what he really thinks of his new wife, doesn't it? Not so much. And the Spirit of the Lord came, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and he went down to Ashkel, uh, Ashkelon and he slew 40 men and took their spoil and, and gave the garments on the, which he had expelled the riddle and the anger. And his anger was kindled and he went up to his father's house. So what happened? God was going to use it to, to start the fight. So the Spirit of God comes upon Samson. Samson goes down to the next town and he murders 30 people with his bare hands. It's a bit of a savage story. You know, we use this story in Sunday school and all that, but when you start getting down to it, it's quite savage. I mean, if you put yourself in that town and you are looking down, you had an overview from a groan or someone, you're looking at that, that town, you see this big strong man running through that town, strangling people with his bare hands. And you know what he does to them then? He takes their clothes off them and leaves the dead body that's naked on the ground. Piles a big pile of torty clothes, carries them back up to the wedding, throws them at the men that he had made the deal with. And then he does what men do. He went home to his mammy sulking. <laughs> went, home to, went home to mammy's house after that. And uh, went home sulking. When you fall out with the wife, you head home to your mammy's, don't you? Well, that's what he done. Uh, and look at verse 20. Gonna, this is going to tell you about Samson's best man. Okay? So somebody read verse 20. So Samson's wife was given to his companion whom he had used as his He brings one mate with him to the wedding, his best man, and his wife gets given to him after Samson heads home crying. Okay? I mean, they're pretty sick people. Uh, the whole situation is totally messed up. And it tells you the type of even friends that Samson had around them. They obviously didn't care about each other. So Samson goes back down after all this fallout to his dad's house, stay with his mum and dad. Uh, and his, his wife is left there. And the, the father-in-law just looks at Samson's mate. Samson's mate still at the party, even though the party's ended. 
Willie was probably somebody like that back in the day. You know, you're trying to get him out of your house after the party ended a couple of days ago. Um, Three or four days. <laughs> and uh, it's just that guest that won't leave. And, uh, and, and, and what happens? Samson's father all looks at your man, he's like, ah, you, you're there, you seem like a grand old fella. He's like, you go with him. So he gives his daughter to Samson's mate who he had as his friend. So it's a pretty sad story, isn't it, up to this point? You don't get much hope that Samson's going to turn out well. And ultimately, he doesn't turn out that well, but he does a bit. So let's move to chapter 15. Chapter 15. And it came to pass after a while, uh, a while after, in the time of wee harvest. So Samson leaves. Um, what's the time of wee harvest? What's that talking about? Anybody know? Time to harvest wheat. What time do you hear with that be? Yeah, you're harvesting in summer. He's down with his family. He's down with them probably a number of months. And uh, time of wheat harvest. It's hard work when you're having to harvest wheat and all that kind of stuff. Now, I don't know whether Samson just didn't want to do the work and he decided he was going to rock up to his wife again or whatever. But time of wheat harvest, he decides to go on a little trip. And after the time, uh, at the time we harvest, Samson visited his wife with a kid. Who was the kid? It was a kid goat, okay? It was a kid goat. <laughs> he hadn't picked up some kid somewhere, okay? It was a kid goat. And uh, why was he bringing a kid goat? A present. A little present? What would you do with a kid goat back then? Kill it and you would use it. They're going to have a steak dinner, okay? So that's what they're doing. You bring a little kid goat. Because it's nice and fresh, you bring it, it's alive, you kill it, you have nice steaks, all that kind of stuff. So that's what they're going to do. And he said, I will go in unto my wife into the chamber. But her father would not suffer him to go in. <laughs> Why won't Samson's father-in-law let him go into his wife? Because his mate's in there, uh, which isn't so good, okay? And uh, somebody else, next verse. And I'm going to say I don't need her Therefore, I give her to my companion. See, Lord, I am my sister, fear that she, take her, I pray thee, instead of her. This family are even worse than we thought. So Samson rocks up for his wife. He's going to go into the chamber, and the father-in-law says, Sorry, I can't go in there. And he's like, Why can't I go into my wife? And the father-in-law says, You know what? Thought you weren't coming back. Thought you didn't like my daughter anymore. So I'll give her to you, me. But he says, you know what, I have a younger daughter and she's even better looking than my older daughter. My older daughter, take her instead. <laughs> and uh, and <laughs> Samson's looking. And at least Samson didn't say, yes, I'll take the second daughter. Okay, at least he had a bit of something about him. And he says, no. So Samson isn't happy. His wife's been given away. He's been shamed. And, uh, and he is not happy. And uh, it's just a messed up situation. Uh, and Samson said... Now I shall be more blameless than the Philistines, though I do them at this pleasure. Okay? So he is going to cause some trouble. And he went down, and we know the story. He uh, caught a load of foxes. He tied them together, and he set the foxes' tails on fire and threw them into the fields. Now it's a type of year where everything's dry. You're harvesting the wheat. And uh, if you have fields on fire, what does the fields in harvest time represent? Money. Money. 
because that's that's where you you are making your living from, and uh, that's where their money was going to be. So what did Samson do? He affected them financially. He he burned down their finances. Okay, um, and Samson. So that's what he done in verse four, uh, verse five, verse six. Somebody read verse six for us. Then the Philistines said, Who hath done this? And they answered, Samson the son-in-law of the Timonite, because he had taken his wife and given her and his companion. And the Philistines came up and burnt her and her father with fire. Oh, well that's a sad end to the story, isn't it? Yeah. You know, what kind of love story is this? They're all born and they're all, it's just totally messed up, okay? Uh, if you saw this on EastEnders or Coronation Street or something like that, you wouldn't believe it. That's what happened in the Bible. That's what happened in the story. It's totally messed up, but God's going to use this situation and starts to use it. So he affects the Philistines financially. He causes trouble with them. Their retribution is they go and kill Samson's wife. They go and kill his father-in-law. They burned him. And... Uh, and uh, where are we at now? What verse are we on now? Seven. Seven. Uh, and Samson said unto them, Though you have done uh, this, uh, and he said unto them, Though you have done this, I will be avenged of you, and after that I will cease. Okay? So what happens with Samson? He decides that he's going to take, uh, take revenge on them after what they have done. They've killed his wife. And he's not happy. So what does he do? You see, when you're a slave the way they were, I mean, it's not actually slavery, but when you're um, under the cost of the Philistines, you're not allowed to own any weapons. So you can't have swords, you can't have spears, you can't have shields, you have no weaponry. So that's why countries didn't rise up against their enemies back in the day, because if you have no weapons, it's very hard to fight against somebody that has a shield and a sword. So what does Samson do? Uh, we normally finish our quarter two day, do we? Yeah. Uh, so what does Samson do? Samson uses the tools that are at his disposal. So what would be at his disposal? He picks up the job, the, the jawbone of a, a donkey, and he uses it and as a as a dagger, and he starts going and he starts killing loads of them using that as a dagger. Now, could I go out? and start killing a load of Philistines that have swords and all that if I only have a, a donkey's jawbone. Absolutely not. But Samson wasn't going on his own. God was going with him. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson and he went out. And it was God basically just using Samson to kill a load of Philistines because he's beginning to free his people from slavery. They had been slaves for 40 years. And after slavery of 40 years, it's hard to get out of the mindset of being anything different. You tend to want to just, uh, you know, bow the head and not get in trouble, not start the fight, because you don't want the little bit of freedom that you have taken away from you. You don't want to get beat or your stuff taken away. So you basically become really submissive. And what Samson is doing is he's breaking them out of those chains of slavery that they're in. Um, okay, well the clock has beat us. The clock is always the enemy when you're when you're up here, okay? So it's now a quarter two. So if you can remember where we are for the next day, the next time we'll finish this passage is uh, in Sunday school on New Year's Eve, I believe. So uh, let us close in prayer. Father in heaven, Lord.